Yo! John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing. How you guys doing? It's Sunday. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, day tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we have fights to talk about. We have fights to talk about. We did last three shows. We did uh, flashback recaps of my complete career. And it was fun. It was fun to go back and uh, think about some of that stuff. I didn't, I didn't really prepare as far as like writing notes down or anything like that. Um, so a lot of that stuff was just coming to me as I thought about it sitting here. I'm sure there's a lot more that I uh, could have went into, but it was fun. I hope you guys enjoy that stuff. Uh, I still have some some clips to put out. Uh, Peter, my video guy, has uh, made a number of video clips for me from that, and uh, I still have a few left over from last week because there's so many. Uh, I got to keep putting some out there. And um, we're back, though. There were fights. And there are some good ones. There are some good fights. We're going to get uh, into that. And then there's uh, one of my amateur fighters, one of my online students had a fight uh, out in Vermont this uh, past weekend. Let me briefly touch on that. And then, um, I don't know. I brought my uke just for fun. I'm rusty. I'm certainly rusty. I have not been practicing as much as I used to. Trying to force myself to get back into that a little bit. Less, less screen time, less internets, less of that stuff. Less of the fake stuff. Everything online is F and G. F and G. You guys can figure out what the F and G is. I don't want to say it right now because it's the beginning of the show and I'll get demonetized because the platforms hate anything that's not stupid <laughs> they don't like funny nobody uh likes funny anymore if you don't believe me go to my instagram right go to my instagram and uh give me a follow and they'll give you a warning about following me it says uh you know this person r regularly shares untrue or fact-checked information what they really want to say is this this person regularly shares hilarious jokes and memes that hurt people's feelings. <laughs> so we have to we have to try to make you not um, follow. <laughs> right. We have to make sure this person doesn't make any money and doesn't get any, uh, you know, any new followers or uh, any likes or whatever, any shares. It's ridiculous. If you want to tag me too, they will. Um, they'll warn you also. You sure you want to tag this person who regularly gets fact checked? Mm. If they fact check you, chances are you're one hundred percent telling the truth, and you're right, a hundred percent. I posted a meme of uh, Greta, the autistic European whatever chick, 
tells you not to do gas stuff. And uh, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, Todd Packer. Said your T levels are too high for Zuckerberg. Ooh, well, you know, you know, Zuckerberg is uh, Zuckerberg. He's he's controlled. He's controlled by the government. He he's not a free independent person. He gets his he gets his marching orders. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, Greta, she's holding a sign. It says, um, "The weather's your fault," and the only answer is more communism. I got fact checked. I got fact checked. I got to put in timeout over that hilarious joke. So I put another one up. I put another one up. And these are in my stories. They're not even like normal post things. I put another one up in my, in my story, and it was Greta holding a sign, and it says, Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama has a penis. It didn't get fact-checked. didn't get fact-checked. That, that's, that, that slid through, no problem. So according to Instagram, right? So you guys know Instagram believes that Michelle Obama has a penis, just so you guys know, right? If that other one got fact-checked and that one didn't, what else? What else would it mean? Fitness Ninja, it's good to hear. Saying, yeah, I'm spending some time every day to play the guitar. I'm learning Smashing Pumpkins tonight, tonight, right now. Nostalgia, yes, beautiful, beautiful album. Siamese uh, Dreams, right? Isn't that the one? Today is the greatest day you've ever. That is a great album. I love that album. That's something that I loved about the 90s i don't know if they do it anymore because you don't really buy albums you listen to one song you buy the one song and um man when you could buy an album and just sit hit play and listen to the whole thing through and it just all the every every song hit that was how i determined whether a band was good or not and if they could do that for two albums in a row at least two albums in a row that was a pretty good band they could deliver like that it doesn't happen all the time Uh, distracting divide you're right guys it's all it's all f and g man it's all f and g be careful i've been uh yeah trying to make myself play ukulele more <laughs> i'm also um making myself read read more again i got through uh ryan stone's book the first praxeology book red pill praxeology frame excellent excellent um he's smart dude he's a really smart dude and he's been in the space for a long time so he can really take things in process and spit them out in a way you can understand it's excellent excellent read i highly recommend it i'm reading the uh the way of the superior man right now it's okay okay i just give it an okay so far i'm almost halfway through it's got some good stuff in there it's really the book's like 20 years old and it's really a red pill book. It is, but it's got it's written in a way that has a lot of woo 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 isms, a lot of woo woo in it, about your truth and uh, that type of stuff. So there's a lot of woo woo in there, uh, a lot of word salads, also, which I don't like. But the, you cut through that stuff, and it's it's really. Um, Really got some decent stuff in there, but I'm still reading. I still got to read some more, you know, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but I'm trying to trying to get back into that. I was reading quite often a while ago, but 
don't know, man. Screens suck you in. You just end up wasting time. And I'm trying to post things and do things online. Excuse me. So like when I do that, you post and as soon as you finish, like you end up getting stuck and then you scroll and scroll and scroll and then 20 minutes pass, 30 minutes pass. And you're like, damn it. Can't get that time back. It's just been wasted. I think technology and um, these apps and stuff, I think they're a weapon. I think it's, I think it's a, a PSYOP weapon. I think it's a government weapon, a mental control weapon. I don't think it was an accident. <laughs> I think it was an accident that they put these things out here and designed them the way they did. I think, I think it's been weaponized 100%, distract people, divide people, and uh, rot your brain. Oh, man, Fitness Ninja, that's a great one. He says, uh, yeah, Weezer, Blue Album is one of my favorite 90s albums. You can just push play. All the great songs. All the songs are great. Have you listened to, they did a cover album. Did you listen to that? That's That's great. That's a great album. That was a few years ago. Almost has like four or five. It was like 2018, 2019, 2019, I think, because I was living in the apartment when that came out. That's a great album. Of course, I mean they're just covering all old great songs, but they did a great job. So I'm uh, I'm happy with that album. It makes me happy. It's a happy, feel good album. When the sun's shining, put that on. You're gonna have a good day, man. Have a very good day. Make sure. Oh, I forgot to hit live on the on the rock fan all right well let's go let's go and uh <laughs> only crypto fans it says correct things have been weaponized since the firecracker and the airplane i think large governments have always Try to control people. You know, you guys know, they don't talk about this much. You know what the number one cause of death in world history is? Government. Government. They don't want to tell you that, but it's government. <laughs> government has more bodies than anybody else ever. Don't ever forget that. When they come knocking on your door trying to help, be wary. All right, guys. Let's get into it. Let's get into the fights. A um, lot of a lot of cancellations. A lot of people missing missing weights. Some shuffling, mix them ups. I don't know why they do this. Like I go to the Google thing and put in the UFC, and they puts up the fight cards. I don't know why they do this, but they put they put like the canceled fights on. I don't know why they do that. It could be a fight that was canceled six weeks before the event, and it's still on there, but they put canceled by it. Like just drop it. Just drop it. It doesn't need to take up the space. Um, Joshua Van, I did not see most of this fight. I was doing stuff, getting things set up for my kids, so I, I kind of listened to it. It sounded like Josh, the man, was it the man? Was that Fearless Van? I can't remember. I can't remember his name was Joshua the Van, the Man Van, or it was Joshua Fearless Van. I can't. I can't remember. I might have just been thinking one, and it was the other one. But uh, Joshua Van. Got the got the finish into round two. I didn't get to see much of that. I saw a little bit. I saw the end. I saw the finish. I guess it was a fast fight. The Mota and uh, Nolan. 
Nolan was the uh, the favorite in the fight, six and zero going in. Uh, Nicholas Mota was yeah thirteen and five. Like I said, he was like the minus nine hundred. Someone was the minus nine hundred favorite was the Nolan, but uh, it was a pretty vicious knockout. He hit him with a nice combo hook right hand. He was going wow, bop, bop, and the guy fell even before he hit the last hook. Decent. Decent performance by Mota. I don't know how many fights he's deep. Oh, he's been with the UFC for a little bit, right? 2021, first fight. We'll see, why do they do this? Oh, it's irritating. It was canceled. <laughs> why even put it up? Why even put it up? Just leave it. Leave it off. Um, so really, his first fight was in 2022. Silly. Uh he has a win there. He lost to Jim Miller. Got knocked out by Jim Miller, who we'll be talking about later. Um, he got a draw against Ogden. It was overturned for some reason. I'm not sure what's going on there. Lost to Torres. Another cancel fight. So win some, lose some with Mota. Dangerous, powerful striker. And he caught... He caught Nolan. Maybe the uh, being picked the favorite got to Nolan a little bit, and he looked past the guy. The Sean Silva and Wilson, I didn't get to see much of this at all. Um, I, I missed the finish. My boys yelled at me, said the fight was over, so I didn't get to see that. I did get to sit down for um Lapalus and Basharat. This these two guys are studs. These guys, it's kind of a shame that they're this deep on the card. I feel like guys with this kind of talent and this kind of much potential um should be higher up on the card. They are smaller guys at Bantamweight. Uh Basharat is tough, good wrestler, can get and close the distance. Um stand-up's not bad, but uh Lapalus, he's so explosive. Lapalus is so explosive. And dangerous uh he's really good at getting back up to his feet i like how he fights hard to get back up to his feet he doesn't ever settle on the bottom uh he's dangerous so bashrat he took he took the path of least resistance to make sure he got that win because you are playing with fire um with someone like taylor lapalus he's, he's explosive and he can do a lot of damage quickly people may poo poo on Bashrat for going the takedown route and 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 uh, a little bit safer of a victory to make sure he doesn't get popped with the explosive Taylor uh, Lapalus here. But sometimes you just got to win. You just got to get the W because your job is not safe. You're not going to get a pay bump unless you win. You're not going to get a guaranteed another fight unless you win. They may get mad at you for um, being a little bit more grapple heavy uh but tough <laughs> tough at least you're not cut at least it didn't cut you <clears throat> that's like the last sport like thing we have left in mma right now is the fact that if you do win like they can't catch you <laughs> that, that's it that's the only thing they could they could put him on the shelf for a long time and punish him for doing it but at least uh at least if you win, you, you don't get cut. Uh, Marcus McGee and uh, Gaston Bolanos. 
I got to meet Gaston at AKA a little bit ago when uh, Todd Duffy was getting ready for his um, bare knuckle fight that fell through with Big Ben and um, talked to him a little bit. Super nice guy. He's tough. But I think the power, McGee just had too much power, too much horsepower, and he caught Bolanos a few times that uh, Bolanos, you know, kind of uh, kind of was seeing double or was not responding well to the power. But McGee, he's got a lot of power, man. Nine and one. This guy's doing some good work at, at Bantamweight. Hopefully we'll see Gaston back in action because he is a tough fighter, very skilled. I think somebody, somebody like McGee, like you've got to try to wear him out a little bit. You've got to. I don't think it's smart to square up and trade punches with a powerful puncher like Marcus McGee. You, you got you to gotta close the distance. You got to tie him up. You got to hand fight. You got to put him in the fence. Even if it's not your style, even if you, you want to be the stand-up guy and get the knockout, I think you've got to take advantage. You got 15 minutes to do work. You don't have to get everything done in the first two and a half minutes. This fight lasted three and a half minutes, right? So take that first half of the round. Take the first half of the round to get in close, make him hand fight, right? Make him respect the fact that that uh, you can close the distance and and put him in the fence. Uh, maybe hit some foot sweeps. Made it. Maybe hit a takedown just to make him think about the takedown, so that you have more uh, feints that you can sell him on to set up your offense, set up your striking. I think just coming straight out right off the gate and treating it like a kickboxing match with somebody who has the type of power that McGee has and the little gloves, I think it's a mistake. I think you got to make him miss, clinch him up, make him fight in that clinch, make him sweat, get sweaty, get the arms blown out and pumping up a little bit because he just had to, he just had to pummel with you and fight off and fight hard and push and get away. Make him work, get him breathing, and then you can start sniping at him. Of course, you're going to have to train your training camp to be able to do that because if you don't do any any tying up and grappling with people and then throwing your normal stand-up, you're going to get gassed too. You're going to get as gassed as him. So you got to prep for it. But I think having that mindset, hey, man, I'm going to take the first couple minutes, just get get my uh, my rhythm Wear this guy down a little bit, warm myself up a little bit, break a sweat. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of instances you can use that strategy with a lot of success. Uh, main fight on the prelim card: uh, Parsons and Semmelsberger. I've seen Semmelsberger fight before. He's got big power. He's a long guy. When he connects, he he drops guys. They kept talking about it over and over and over again in the fight. I think they were thinking he might win the fight. I don't know. Kind of sounded like it. You know, they just kept talking about how he drops guys all the time. Um, but he was not able to land clean on Parsons. Parsons did a great job. He was very methodical with um, stalking Semmelsberger, getting close, forcing the clinch. He didn't take any any big punches, big damage. He fought smart. He fought smart. He did really well. He ended up winning a decision. Um, but yeah, man, win the fight, get the pay bump, keep your job smart. Then we get to 
the main card with Andre Ovlowski and Waldo Cartez Acosta. And if you weren't cheering for Ovlowski, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> He's been fighting for 24 years, I think. Is that what the, is that what the number was? You guys know? I'm pretty sure it was uh, um, 24 years. I think 24 years. That's wild. That's such a long time. Like, that's insane. That's insane. That's insane. I kind of wish I could have fought <laughs> longer. But I wasn't making enough money. I, mean, I was not making enough money. Towards the end of my career, I was not making enough money to continue training at the levels I needed to, to compete how I wanted to. It sucks, man. It's awesome when you can fight uh, two times. Amazing when you can fight guaranteed three times a year. Three times a year, awesome. You can you can train two months <laughs> for your fight. Take a take a soft month. Take most of it off, or like, especially in your later years, because you don't have to skill set develop as much your kind of skills are kind of developed your style is kind of developed but if you can have that that cadence that's a great that's a great way to do it man i would have loved to do that for a long time but as soon as i got come from ufc like it became three times a year to like once every nine months it's just not it's not it's not doable can't get it done Oh man. But um Acosta, Cortez Acosta. I've been big on him. I thought he's a, a big, big guy, big scary guy, big power, and he could mix some things up in the heavyweight division. He did get the one loss. Did he get knocked out? Who was the uh, loss to? Oh, it's another big boy. Why don't they have this up here? Hmm. I thought he had more. Uh... Okay, Marcos Rogero de Lima. He lost that. He lost the decision to de Lima. He wasn't pulling a trigger on that. He looked kind of tired. But he's a big guy, and I like when the new big guy comes into town because it mixes things up. And the heavyweight division definitely needs some new big blood mixing things up. But there's a big but with this. I... I thought he looked smaller than Arvlowski in there. Arvlowski looked kind of bigger than him. Am I off? Am I off in saying that? Arvlowski was um, he big. He looked big. He looked bigger than uh, Waldo. I thought Waldo was a giant, but he was not as giant as Arvlowski. Arvlowski, man, he sits right now at 34-23-0. That's a buttload of fights. 57, 57 fights. It's a lot of fights. 57 fights. Man. Um, it was a little bit slow of a fight. Uh, I didn't think Acosta really um, went in to engage as much. He played it safe. Got a safe decision win. He's got that Arvlowski feather in his cap. He, he beat somebody who was an ex-champ. It's a good win for him. But I don't know, man. There's a lot of guys who have knocked Arvlowski out. Arvlowski's chin's a little bit suspect these days. 
I'd like to see him get in there and, and grapple more the first round to wear guys out and then open up and then try to finish. But he uh, lost the decision here. I don't know. It is what it is. But he'll probably be back again because if he didn't get knocked out, he's still he's still healthy enough probably keep fighting. Why not if they're paying? Next fight was um, <clears throat> really good. Phil Hawes has put on some great performances. He's a, He looks like um, Kevin Randleman Jr., right, with the, especially with the blonde hair. I got uh, I got some uh, big blue soda today. Tasty, tasty soda. My son's got it for me. Uh, but yeah, Phil Hawes, big, strong, powerful fighter, lands big punches. Uh, he's such a big, thick, stack dude. Like he almost looks like a fifty-five pounder when when the cameras pulled out. Uh, Bruno here, Ferreira. Bruno, same thing. He looked kind of short, stocky. I was like, "Is this a fifty-five pound fight?" I was like, "Oh no, it's Phil Hawes." He's like, "This is middleweight. These guys are big. They're thick dudes." Um, Bruno is a stud, man. He uh, caught Hawes with a nice, I think he's a southpaw, a lot nice left hand to the ear. Hawes hit the ground hard, and then Bruno smashed him with a couple extra punches. <laughs> I think after he hit him with one of those uh, punches, hammer fist, whatever, Hawes, yeah, Hawes was done. He was done. That ref needed to be in there a little bit faster because he took – he took uh, one to two extra punches. I don't think were necessary at all. Uh, I don't think they were necessary. But uh, Fiera, let's look. Let's look. This his first. Let's see at huh? He had one fight with Ruzibov, uh, Ruzibov. And then he's got a, a win over Rodriguez. Okay, so Rodriguez is a decent middleweight also. I don't know Ruzibov. Ruzibov. Got yeah, knocked him out. So it looks like he's a killer be killed fighter. So fun to watch, but longevity. Longevity with those type of guys is not always there. Because if you're getting knocked out every other fight, like that's hard to hard to build yourself up to championship level. So let's hope he maybe gets a little smarter, takes less a little less punches. I don't know, but it was a good fight. Um, the soda, the soda is good. You guys ever had Big Blue? You guys like Big Blue? We've been doing something interesting here in the Fitch household. All right. Tell me if you guys think this is good. Maybe you can steal it. I've had a few other people hear it and think it was a good idea. Okay. We uh, don't keep a lot of sodas. Don't keep um, a lot of sweet drinks. Right. We got milk. We got water. We got milk. We got water. That's good. That's the regular type of drinks you're going to get at my house. Milk, water, coffee. The kids don't have the coffee, though. I do. I'm going to take a little coffee break, I think, this week uh, just to do it. Um, but, yeah, 
but soda, you know, as small amounts, it's not, it's not terrible. If you're going to have, um, have one every once in a while, I don't think it's a problem. If you're drinking it every single day, if you're having three cans of soda or something a day, I think that's a monster problem. I think it's really unhealthy for you. I think you're going to have a lot of problems. You're drinking empty calories. Um, empty calories are an enemy, right? If you're just drinking that stuff, you're going to get a little pooch belly. You're going to get a little puffier. I think um, just the chemicals, everything in it, it's just, it's not healthy. It's not good for you to have all the time, but it's tasty. It's tasty, especially in small quantities spread out. So what we started doing a little while ago, I think I've mentioned here once before, is we do like little soda tastings, right? So every once in a while, we haven't had soda or anything big and sweet for a long time. Hey, let's do a little soda tasting. We'll go somewhere. We'll try to find um, some unique sodas from different kinds of sodas. We got a nice little liquor store close. It's got a good selection of different sodas. Got some different Fagos and Hawaiian punches and all kinds of little things in there that are uh, some Fanta that are tasty, right? So we'll go, we'll grab one or two each, um, you know, smaller, smaller bottles, not the big two liters. And uh, we'll have a little sample. We'll be able to sample. We'll share um, somebody. We had like a mango, a mango soda somewhere. Not, not that long ago. It was really good. Um, it's good. I think I know I'm going to try to look up to see if there's any places around town that have different selections. When we were on the road, on a road trip this last summer back to Indiana, we um, stopped at this place that had a big, huge wall. It had like maybe 20 to 30 different types of sodas on there. And one was this like mushroom. It was like this mushroom cloud, super sweet, sour, or whatever, or super sour soda. And uh, it was amazing. It's absolutely probably my favorite soda of all time. It was out, out outstanding soda. <clears throat> so if you guys have a problem with sweet drinks, you know, you're drinking a lot of empty calories, try to cut that crap out because it really doesn't do you any good. If you're if you're having a sweet drink every day, you're you're giving yourself moves, you're giving yourself a little fat belly, you're 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 raising the risk of the diabetes. And the cancers, uh, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's good for you. I don't think it's healthy for you. And if you just can't do it, you don't think I can't live my life without a little bit of a soda, a little, little, little of that sweetness. Well, then try to do that. Try, try once a month. Get rid of all the sweet drinks. Limit yourself to just black coffee, milk, and uh, some water. And then every once in a while, go on a little soda run. Right, get yourself a little something that's uh, unique and different. Try it out. I think it'll help. It'll help. It'll help a great deal. I think, because um, then you get to live that life. Oh, I get to get to have a little nice soda treat. But you're not drinking it every day, where it's rotting your teeth, rotting your insides, turn your pee funky colors. Try it out. I think. I think you like it. Ooh, Stephen Bradley Jones says, uh, great occasional treat, glass bottled Coke from Mexico, mm, real sugar, not high fructose corn syrup. That's a great point. Uh, other countries have different rules and standards for what kind of things you can put in your food. And the U S is like one of the worst. It's like one of the worst 
things you can put. <laughs> yeah. We they allow all the worst garbage in our food that other countries don't last allow at all. You go to different places and you try a soda, you try a beer, you try different things. <clears throat> they taste completely different than in the U.S. And it's a good thing because it's like actually clean food. <laughs> not trying to kill you. They they really want us dead here. They want us dead. They want Americans fat, cancered up, diabetes, hair falling out, teeth falling out. They want you dead. So it's an interesting uh, take. I, I have had a few people tell me that before. I had uh, Phil Baroni was eating Smarties after practice once. So it's good to have sugar after practice. Okay. Uh, Todd Packer says best time to drink soda is after working out, replenish that glycogen. Be careful. You're not dehydrating yourself though, because you're already dehydrated after workout. If you're chugging a bottle of soda to hydrate yourself, it's going to make it worse. Oh, I've never heard of this. Uh, Stephen Bradley Jones saying black coffee every day. Protect your teeth from the acidity with Zelly's oxalatol mints. Never even heard of that. I guess I could I could use a little whitening. Um, let's get back. Let's get back on track. All right. Next fight. We got three fights left. <clears throat> right. Ricky, Simone, and Mario Bautista. And I'm a big fan of Ricky Simone. He comes out hard, fast, throws big punches. He can fight anywhere, will fight anywhere. Um, Bautista was a sniper. He was a sniper. His stand-up was very good. He's long. Um, Ricky Simone was struggling a little bit to get to the inside. And Bautista, I think, just outvalued him, landed harder punches. He looked really good, man. Um, I think both guys fought well. It's a good fight. It was a good solid fight. Then we get into um, the the co-main event, right? This was the legendary Jim Miller. Legendary Jim Miller. 43 fights, I think, in the UFC now. 43 fights in the UFC. Unbelievable. Uh, he fought Gabriel Benitez. Mowgli, uh, a.k.a. Fighter. Known Mowgli for a little while now. Uh, good guy, solid dude. Great stand-up. Really good boxing, good kicks, excellent knees. Um, I don't know what happened with this fight, though. I think he let Jim Miller dictate too much of the fight. He's got this thing where he sits and he waits too much. Too much of a counterfighter. I think he needs to be pressuring people way more. Uh, he started throwing the leg kicks, and he was doing a good job, but then Jim Miller started returning with leg kicks. He 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 took the leg kicks. He, he needed to check and get right back on him. Um, I don't know if he was worried about the takedown the whole time or if if he's one of the guys who's afraid to get taken down, you know, and we're afraid to get tired. But, like, his skill set, he should not have, have – with his skill set and striking, there is no way that Jim Miller should have been able to hang with him standing. There's no way. 
Like he should have been able to control distance, land punches, get out of the way, land leg kicks, check leg kicks, and continue to do damage. I think there's a mental block. Could be rust because he hasn't fought in a while. They're not keeping him active, even though he's he's performed for them for a very long time. He's been with them for 10 years. Been with him for a decade. How many of you guys have heard of him? You know, like they don't give him a push at all. Why? You know, he's a solid fighter. He's got some good wins. It's too many losses. Too many losses. He's holding back too much. He just needs to pull the trigger and be the bully. Some guys I've worked with, I've seen, you know, they need to be the bully. They need to understand that they're the guy with the, the higher level of skill set in a certain area and just go. Like, stop allowing the other guy into the fight. It happens sometimes, guys. Guys fight down to some other guy's level. Not saying that Jim Miller is not an amazing fighter. He is. But he's he's not somebody you would think is a a top-level kickboxer. Where I think uh, Benitez could definitely hang with a lot of kickboxers. So hopefully... Mowgli bounces back. Jim Miller looks like he's headed to UFC 300. Jim F. and Miller, I believe. Uh, I don't know who they're gonna have him fight at that fight, but that would be that would be a solid person to put on the card. His 44th fight for the company. It's wild. Um, then we get to the main card: Enkelav and Walker. Walker is an incredible athlete, but he does a lot of spinny stuff. He does a lot of spinny stuff. He does a lot of uh, stuff you normally wouldn't teach guys. He's got a lot of talent, but uh, he's just, I don't know, he's just missing that little bit of something where uh, he can figure out how to win. He needs to calm down the spinny, spinny stuff. And, and shove his athleticism with more solid technique down his opponent's throats, I think. But I think these guys were ranked, like I saw, what, 12, 12th and 14th or something like that? That was their ranks, the UFC ranks. But they're talking about Ankalev getting a title shot next. I don't understand this. I don't understand. I mean, I understand because it's not really a sport. It's pro wrestling. But he's, he's won 10 in a row. Okay, great. That's awesome. Um, but then why does he have – uh, a rank of 14th. I can't remember if he was 14th or Walker, vice versa. Either way, he's not top 10. He's not top 10, but he's in talks to be the number one contender. Make it make sense. How has this guy not fought a bunch of top 10 guys? How is he not ranked number two? I mean, I think he's very solid. I think he gives a lot of guys a fight, a fight at that top. You know, that weight class. Jamal Hill, I think he gives him a good fight. He's big. He's strong. He's got good stand-up. He can wrestle. Chin, chin looks good. Like, he's a solid dude. 19-1-1 one one with one no contest. He's got more than 20 fights. So, like, he's a stud. But why is his rank so low? 
mean, we kind of know, like, the ranks don't really actually mean anything. He only fought one time last year. That's not good. Beats Anthony Smith. Draw against Blackowitz. Again, why why ranked? Am I am I missing something? Did I miss the rank? Is the rank something else? Is not not really That's uh, not a bad that's not a bad call, right? Um Stephen Bradley Jones saying Walker seems to telegraph damage received to the judges with demonstrative facial expressions. Thoughts? He also, oh, there's a spider right here. <laughs> spider. I almost became Spider-Man. He came right down. I don't know if you could see him on camera. That's funny. <laughs> I almost became Spider-Man. Um, yeah, like not just the facial expressions, but sometimes he'll, like, he'll stumble or like he'll act in a way that like, like things that maybe didn't hurt him that bad look like they hurt him bad. So... We've talked about it here. They don't define damage uh, on any of the broadcasts for any of the promotions. They've, none of them have ever described what damage is. They just use the word like crazy. The rules, the new rules for scoring don't mention the word damage at all. There's zero mention of the word damage. So there's this word that gets used all the time and no one has defined it. I've defined it here, but no one has defined it on any of these platforms. I think it's purposeful because it gives them a chance to to, it gives us a wiggle room on the decisions to screw guys over and, and, and give it to who they want to. Give it to the guy whose contract benefits the promotion the most, the guy the, the promotion makes the most money off of. It's a way of it's a way of fight fixing, right? It's not a fake fight, but it's a way of fight fixing in my in my opinion that the promotions do and they all take part in it. <laughs> um so uh under my definition, though, I've defined it as when you know one fighter lands a technique that um, forces the other fighter to change their behavior pattern. Right? They 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 stumble, they they wince, uh, they have to shake their head off, um, they hit the ground because you knock them down. Um, they uh, you're leg kicking them, and they they change they change their stance. Because oh, it's hurting now. I got to protect that leg. Those are are behavioral things that are noticeable. You can notice that something's up. I do not define damage as oh, he's bleeding. Oh, his he's got swelling. Oh, his leg is red. I don't care about those things because I've been in the fight game long enough to know that some people swell more than others. Some people turn redder than others. Some people cut easy. Okay, you could land a land a power puff punch on on uh, Nate Diaz or Nick. I'm sorry, Nick, Nick Diaz, right? And he gets cut. I don't think you damaged him. I think he's yeah, he's bleeding, and uh, his potential of the fight being stopped because there's blood getting his eye. But I don't I don't necessarily call that damage because he just bleeds easy. Some guys just bleed easy. They cut their nose bleeds, their lips cut and bleed. It's it, it, the way some guys are. So you get a really pale guy, real pasty guy out there, real ginger pasty guy out there. You slap him on the belly. He's going to have a red handprint. Remember those from the nineties, the body glove, <laughs> right? They would uh, color change the shirts. 
you put some you put it put your hand on somebody's shirt for a little bit and they leave a handprint on her you could do that to some guys because that's just they're fair skinned and they they uh they show they show that stuff more they show swelling they show color change they show bruising more i don't necessarily call that damage because if you take a punch you start bleeding but you're still moving forward and you're still doing everything exactly the same you're still fighting exactly the same like like Nick Diaz used to do. He would have cuts in his face to be bloody, but he's still moving forward. He's still he's still doing everything that he normally does. He his style had didn't change. His behavior patterns didn't change. I, I don't really necessarily quantify that as as damage. Yes, the judge may come in and stop the fight because of it. Uh, not the judge, but the the ref may come in and stop it. But that's a safety thing thing because he's bleeding and he can't see. I don't necessarily say that that is damage. You can argue with me if you want, but if you have a better definition, you better bring it to the table, right? Let me hear a better definition for what damage is. I hope that uh, answered that. I don't know what you're saying here. Jay Smith. Oh, it's a sticker. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you wrote this. It says a sparkling diamond. He put a, He's put a sticker up on the uh the youtubes thank you very much for that diamond i appreciate it <laughs> i was confused because i'm on my restream thing here i was confused as well because it, it describes what what the sticker is and i was like sparkly diamond are you calling me a sparkling diamond thank you thanks i appreciate it <clears throat> jay smith thank you also for that i'm a legend Appreciate it. Spidey sense says, I thought uh, Johnny would settle down a bit training under Cat John Kavanaugh here in Ireland, but he strikes me as a fighter who just doesn't listen to game plans. He still fights exactly the same way. Yeah. I think he's one of those guys who's super talented, but he's hard to coach. I think he's just, he's not going to listen. He, he's one of those guys who's like, well, I can do it like this. So why don't I just keep doing it like this? Yeah, I think he maybe I should have puckered up. Matt seventeen twenty, he says uh, Spider wanted an upside down kiss. Maybe he wanted to tickle my mustache. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Matt says uh, the description of the sticker is great. It sounded like Grandma was calling you a good boy. I think so. Oh, I know why. <laughs> I know why, and we'll get to that right after this, all right? Jay Smith says, uh, LOL, your UFC record was a sparkling diamond. Don't know why they ever cut you, dude. All right, let's talk about the emails that are released <laughs> talking about um, Dana White and, and Lorenzo Fatita talking about John Jones in 2014 uh, when John... Jones only had one DUI and no other of the shenanigans. Hadn't popped for steroids yet. They didn't have to cover anything up yet. This was just contract negotiations, right? That punk, <laughs> that F that punk, right? Unsealed documents. That's what we got here. Let's go through this. I'm just going to read this to you guys. Um, MMAfighting.com releases this. Stephen Morocco with the write-up. Okay. 
Dana White had lost his patience with John Jones and was venting to Lorenzo Fertitta. It was May 24th, 2014, and the UFC wanted to book a rematch between Jones and Alexander Gustafson, who said who seven months earlier pushed the then light heavyweight champ to his very limit at UFC 165. The holdup, according to White, was that Jones wanted to fight Daniel Cormier next instead of Gustafson. Uh, and negotiations on a contract extension had snagged on that detail jones wouldn't sign what's up with jones did he straighten up or is he still being a scumbag white texted then ufc chairman Fertita in a message recently unsealed sc antitrust lawsuit reps for jones and the ufc did not respond to a request for comments neither side wanted to say anything about what happened still a douche we're in we are in closer for Tita responded. Haven't moved on money, but sent the letter with an ultimatum. Awesome White responded. F that punk Lorenzo. He needs to know we don't need him or he will F us over more than he already does. All right, so I gotta take a little break from that. How's he effing you over? By by bringing in tons of eyeballs, by making you hundreds of millions of dollars by giving you uh, highlight reel videos that you can use over and over and over again to keep selling your product. You can keep using his name to sell your product, making millions and millions and millions and selling. Now you use the same fight clips from then now to help uh, promote and sell uh, uh, stock to people who invest in your company, right? By the way, how's that TKO stock going? lawsuit is uh kicking you in the nuts on that one taking a dive um and this guy has the nerve to call him a scumbag like he had a dui okay yeah it's not great but what did he say about tony's dui what did he say about any of the other guys duis there's plenty of other guys who are in trouble and none of them were making anywhere close to the amount of money for them as john jones like everything they're saying about him is only being said about him because he won't just bend over and take it. He won't just bend over and take it. So now he's a scumbag. Oh, you have integrity? Oh, you won't just sign any contract we give you? Now you're a scumbag. I would have loved to have gotten discovery on the text between these people uh, in 2008 when, when I said no to signing over my image and likeness away forever for no money. I would have loved to have seen what they said. It would have probably been way worse than than anything they said about John Jones. Who is this garbage piece of crap scumbag? Ugh. Not signing our contract. That's un <laughs> unreasonable. <clears throat> he should go be a plumber instead. <sighs> these guys, man, they're such they're such filthy people. Absolute filth. These guys are. Let's get back to that. Oh, and you'll also notice that um, it's Fertitta. It's Fertitta talking to Jones to finalize the contract because Dana's such a douche. He's such a piece of crap. You had to have Fertitta come in and act like he was the nice guy, right? He came in and was like, hey, man, I know that Dana's a tough guy to deal with and blah, 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 and I know this is rough, but this is what it is. This is all it is, man. This is, this is the deal. You got to take it. This is all we have. You know, he comes in, tries to be the good cop, Really, he's screwing you too. 
Jones' relationship with the UFC. Oh, let me look at it. Let me look at it. Uh, Jones' relationship with the UFC had already endured some rocky moments, none bigger than his decision not to take a short-notice title defense against Shell Sonnen at UFC 151. Why is that a bumpy moment? Why is that a bumpy moment? I didn't want to. I'm a champion. He was the champion. He's the champion. Why risk? Why does the champion need to bend over and take a risk like that for you? Why? It makes no sense. How many boxers have you ever heard of? And don't tell me, oh, boxing's dead. No, boxing just had one of its greatest years. Right? Boxing in the past 20 years has doubled the amount of money that it makes. The fighters are making crazy amount of money. They make more money than MMA fighters at every level except from the 85 to 95 percentile because the UFC pays what they do for the for their, uh, their, um, their first fights, people's first fights. Right? They throw you off the lead. They're, they're, they're tricking you. They trick you. They're like, oh, see, UFC, MMA is better because we pay this much for these guys. But it's a, it's a tiny, it's a tiny fraction of the fighters, tiny fraction of the fighters that make that. And boxers make more every other step of the way. And in the amount of money that the top guys make, it blows the doors off of everything that the top guys that may make. It's a scam. They're tricking you. They're tricking you with that. It's crazy. Oh, it's a, it was a rocky road, man. They they had a lot of crazy stuff to deal with. <laughs> he wouldn't take a stupid risk for no no real uh, money. No real money. He was going to take. It's stupid. Absolutely ridiculous. These people are just so far up their own ass. Right. Uh, White had publicly blasted Jones and his coaching staff, infamously declaring in a press conference, UFC 151 will be remembered at the event John Jones and Greg Jackson murdered. But in the octagon, Jones had returned to form, dominating Glexer Teixeira at UFC 172. Does anybody remember that at all? Does anybody even remotely remember that he they murdered that card? No. Like you're the promoter. If 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 something doesn't work out, it's your fault. You're the promoter. That was your job. That was your job to make things happen. You screwed it up. Give them pay the man what he was worth. And he wouldn't have, wouldn't have had to say no. You screwed it up. You dropped the ball. You fumbled it. You dropped the bag. You're you're the garbage. You're the one that screwed it up. You murdered the card. You murdered the card. <clears throat> With five fights left on Jones' contract, White and Fertitta's mission was to lock up the champion for more time. They wanted, lock, they wanted more fights out of him, not just five. Uh, in doing so, they unknowingly provided a window into negotiating tactics that are now at the center of a court fight over whether they broke the law by locking fighters into long-term contracts, keeping competitors from being able to compete in the market for elite MMA fighters. The plaintiff to the UFC anti the plaintiffs to the UFC antitrust um, suit claims such contracts were part of an illegal scheme to depress fighter salaries and seek damages from UFC that could total over one billion. The case is expected to go to trial in April. Yes, <clears throat> Jones and the UFC were still one year away from what would become a bigger stress test of their partnership, a hit and run act that left pregnant woman with a broken arm and Jones facing jail time. But already the future Hall of Famer 
was a thorn in white sign for, for just trying to get his value, for trying to get his value for being the, the top draw, the biggest name. That's wild to me. <clears throat> in an unsealed, legal, back and forth, white reminded plaintiff's lawyer, Michael D'Angelo, that the subject of this text hadn't always been a model citizen or in or outside the cage. So he wanted Mr. Fertitta to let Mr. Jones know that UFC didn't need him. D'Angelo asked White. Yes. Or yeah, White responded. <clears throat> and be a scumbag in negotiations. D'Angelo added. No, White responded. Do you know Jones' history? Just to be a scumbag in life? I mean, you could pretty much every guy who works for me testify to that. Yes. I was not happy with Jones' life choice. What does that have to do with fighting? And if and if they didn't need him, right? If the UFC, if the UFC didn't need John Jones, if UFC didn't need John Jones, then why did they put him on the marquee? Why did why did they even deal with negotiating in the first place? Just fire him. You don't need him. Fire him. Fire him right away. Why, why don't you have a set tiered pay scale? And no matter what what your name is or what what type of money you draw in, just have a set pay scale. And then everybody makes exactly the same at every level. Or maybe is it because you actually need the fighters' names? You need the fighters' recognition. Because, because the fans actually watch the fighters and not the promotion. The fans care about the fighter and who the fighter is and who the fighter's fighting. Is maybe that it? And you use that to promote your brand. You use that to promote your promotion. You exploit them. You exploit their names in order to make yourself more money. Is that is that more realistic? then you don't need him. Because if you don't need him, then why even negotiate? What's the point? Just drop him. Drop him, strip the title, have somebody else fight. And then why even use their name to promote them? Why put their face on the, on the billboard? Just put the UFC. Just put UFC everywhere. Just put the letters. What, what, what event it is, what number it is in the UFC. That's it. If you didn't need the fighters, if you didn't need to use their, their names, if you didn't need to exploit them, and make money off of them, then why even use their names? Why even promote them at all? It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense to me. <clears throat> Jones would later sit... Get this up. Yep. Jones would later sit out more than three years from February 2020 to March 2023 and made another contract dispute with UFC cover... Uh, UFC over his potential pay for super fight with then UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou. White again publicly blasted John Jones at the time, claiming that he asked for an obscene amount of money, $30 million, or what boxing champion John Ty Wilder was paid for a bout with Tony F Tyson Fury to take the fight. Um, White also insinuated Jones didn't really want to face Ngannou, implying that he was afraid of Cameroonian fighter. Jones was called White's. Money claims a lie and BS. And he scoffed at the idea of being afraid to take the fight. Um, man. The idea that that uh, Jones asked for $30 million, I don't really believe that. But I think he did say Deontay Wilder. He said something about that. But I think he was just saying, like, why shouldn't we make that type of money? Why shouldn't we make that type of pay-per-view point i don't think he asked for 30 million we'll see if we get more discovery on the case 
the next uh, round of lawsuits. We'll see if we can get, you know, look at those texts and emails. Nagano defended Jones' request for more compensation. Do you see that? Like, Nagano's a good dude. Says, I think it makes sense. Nagano told D D TMZ, I think for a mega fight, everyone would like to have mega pay. Same as mine. I want that fight. I would like to have good pay, and every other fighter out there would like that. So there's nothing irrational in this. Nagano defended it. That's like... Jones didn't defend him. Uh, after Naganu declined to sign a new long-term deal and became a free agent, they forget to mention why, he got to be a free agent because of the lawsuits. They put in a five-year um, clause, right? A time stamp. You had to have, you know, your contract was done in this time. They've taken that away since Naganu act, used that, used it, because they don't want anybody to ever be able to do that again. Uh, prompting the UFC to strip him of the title. White did not did an about face on Jones, who'd just signed a new long-term deal that included a fight with Cyril Gunn for the he vacant heavyweight title belt. White insinuated Nagano didn't want to take the fight, looking for lesser opponents that would pay bigger purses. John Jones. Uh, Jones joined White in taking shots at Nagano the most direct of which came after the ex-champ congratulated him on his dispatching gun and signed, the, signed off calling himself the heavyweight king. I love that quote, Jones said. I love it. All that muscle with the big ass P-U-S-S-Y. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Like, the guy, Nagano defends him, but he, he craps on him. John Jones maybe kind of is a schematic. But anyway, um, Dana White's a liar. He lies about everything. If Dana White says something, he's like the fact checkers. He's like the fact checkers for um, Instagram or Facebook, whatever. He's a liar. When when the guy who uh, is having contract negotiation issues and wants more money because he deserves more or he's earned more, I want to say deserve, I don't like using the word deserve, he's earned more, he's a scumbag. He's a scumbag. You're trash for not signing our contract. You're afraid to fight people because you won't sign. Like he's a little school kid, like trying to shame you into doing what he wants. It's a woman. It's a woman tactic. He's, he's using feminism. <laughs> you, who hurt you? Why won't you sign the contract? Who hurt you? <laughs> Only crypto fans saying the real name is Dana Shite. I like to call him Dana Wifebeater. Right? Dana Wifebeater. Because we all, we all remember this, right? We all remember that, right? We didn't forget. We memory hole it yet? Do we forget? Man. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's that. <laughs> that's that. Um, Coach, Coach Gloy had a... Uh, it's good to see that you're back in Indiana. Not much further left to drive. Pretty boy Gloy had a fight amateur fight up in vermont and he did not get the win 
made some small mistakes. Grappler got to his back and his neck. Not not great, but it's amateur, so shake it off. We're going to make sure he shakes it off. You get uh, turned pro and you uh, get some wins. Nobody cares about the other stuff. Nobody cares at all about um, about your amateur records. Nobody cares. So just get back to work. I have I have a lot of um, issues with amateur fighting, anyways. You know because it's not it's not really amateur. Like they have it, it, no elbows and it's two minute shorter rounds. You like the it's not like you get less concussions. Like I want to see what the knockout rates are in those situations. It's not a national. Um, it's not a national amateur sport like USA boxing is or USA wrestling is. It's state by state. So each state has a little bit different rule set. I think that inconsistency is a problem. I think when uh I don't know, I don't know, man. It's just it's just weird. It's not good enough. Right? Yeah, your teammate, his teammate had a, a nice head kick knockout, which is awesome. But at the same time, the guy who got knocked out, he got brain trauma for zero dollars. Zero dollars, and now the promoter will continue to be able to use that footage of him getting knocked out to promote their event over and over and over again. So, like, the promoter will continue to make money off of that knockout, where the guy who got brain damage won't. <laughs> he won't make any money off of that, you know. Um, which I is just weird to me. I know, I know that everybody's trying to do their best, and not everybody's a Dana White scumbag. I'm not saying that at all, but. There's got to be a better way. I, I'm a big believer. If it's amateur, man, it needs to be, you need shin pads. I think shin pads and headgear. If I, if, see if there's a way to get eight-ounce gloves, eight-ounce MMA gloves, bigger padding, something. Because there's no reason. These guys, a lot of these guys get beat up. Some of these guys will fight, fight 20 amateur fights. 20 amateur fights. And they're, just, they're broken before they can ever go pro. I don't think that's a good thing. I think it's bad. I don't think, I don't know, man. I don't think it's healthy for the sport. I don't think it's healthy for the athletes. There's got to be a better way. we got to find out a better way. But the problem is, I think as long as the UFC holds their their monopoly, nothing gets better anyways. It's it's trickle-down uh, exploitation, right? And, you know, you know how Reagan used to say, talk about the trickle-down economics, I say it's it's trickle down <laughs> exploitation, and it actually works. The trickle down economics does not work, but the trickle down uh, exploitation does. Because if the guys at the very top, at the very height, are able to do whatever kind of exploiting and manipulating of the fighters and the fights that they want to and profit off of it, why would anybody else do a better job? Why? Why? You can't compete. You can't compete with that. Yep, you're correct. Ice KO ID or ice cold. Is that ice cold? Ice KO'd? It says amateur is also a way for scumbag promoters to get fighters to fight for free. Sometimes those promoters, those uh, fighters will actually pay the promoter to fight. I fought an amateur tournament. Right after I fought my first fight, and then I had an amateur tournament. It was two guys I fought in one night. I had to pay ninety dollars to fight in that tournament. 
And a lot of times the amateur guys will be forced to sell tickets. And if you don't sell tickets, they won't put you on their card. If you don't sell enough tickets. So like they're the promoter, it's their job to promote, but you're the one that actually has to carry the bag. You're the one that actually has to does do the work. That's I think that's I think that's gross. I think that's pretty gross. Something needs to change, and I don't think anything changes until the UFC monopoly changes. I don't think like it sucks, man. I don't I don't like the government having to get involved with anything, but like we need the Ali Act. Like we need the gov we need government intervention at this point. Like the, the legal battle um, is a great way to put pressure on them. And I think we can get some changes done, uh, you know, with this trial in, um, in April, but we're, the, the, the USC was able to you take advantage of things and kick the can down the road. And now we have, um, you know, you need discovery, recent discovery of seven years, to see what the market is right now in a way that's in our favor because the markets become even more monopolized, but we have to reintroduce discovery that kicked the can down the road. So the Kajan Johnson's uh, class action suit 2017 to present day, that's going to, that's going to be where the injunctive relief comes from. So that kicks the can down the road, like four to seven years. Like <clears throat> it's bad luck, but like we need Ali act. We need the fighters to, can pick up their nuts and and start calling representatives we need to find a congressional representative to introduce the bill and we need we need we need the government to actually do something because this is this is ugly man it's ugly yeah that's that's going to be good to watch strickland versus uh ddp not Diamond Dallas Page, but Duplicis. I like saying Duplicis because D, there's only one DDP, right? <laughs> I'm not even a pro wrestling fan. There's like, there's no, there's no, no, this is, sorry, he says, PFL needs to pressure UFC. UFC is almost at the point where the fans will buy anything. Have you seen 297? It's not worth 20 bucks. There's no pressure from, from PFL they're not profitable. They haven't made any money. Like, I'm sorry, you're not a competitor unless you're profitable. One FC has not made money. Bellator did not make money. PFL does not make money. Going out and getting more sponsors, getting more investors does not make you a competitor. None of these people are competitive competing with UFC. Com UFC has zero competition. They literally have zero competition. Like, all these other promotions are this close, right? This close to, to not existing. All they need is to have uh, some investors be like, yeah, you know what? It's not worth it. And then they're done. It's done. All those fighters are gone. Full, complete monopoly by the UFC. I, they, they already have a full, complete monopoly. When you have a monopoly, it chokes everybody else out. Nobody can compete. I'm sorry, but like, if you're not... If you're not making money, you're not making it. And no one else is making money. UFC is the only one who's profitable. No. It says, but Bellator PFL is paying guys like Bader and Corey Anderson double what they made in UFC. Taking talent away is pressure. No, no. 
because they're not really nobody wanted to go it wasn't a bidding war they didn't the bellator didn't outbid the ufc the ufc let them go and they didn't have any they didn't bid anything for them like sorry but no if there's no if there's no profitability the bellator had to sell Beltor had to sell to the PFL because they were bankrupt. They were done. They weren't going to make any more money. They had to do that. So now they're consolidated. Now they're one promotion. That's one less big promotion to go to. They're not competitive at all. UFC is profitable. Bro, UFC paid $1.8 billion out in dividends to its investors. They took money out. They took $1.8 billion out over the last three years to pay it to investors. Yes, they're freaking ridiculously <laughs> profitable. Ridiculously profitable. Like they paid out in that three years, they paid out their investors almost, they paid more or as much as all fighters combined. I think $1.8 billion is more than all fighters combined have ever made for that company. So yeah, yeah, they're profitable. They're very profitable. That doesn't mean anything, though. If the company's make if the company's not making any money, he says Josh Thompson said a lot of Bellator guys made more money than the UFC, not even counting sponsors. That doesn't mean anything. So they had to sell. Bellator sold. They're not even a company anymore. They're just a name. They're a name that P PFL owns. It's not even a promotion anymore. Like it's two promotions became one. All those people who had jobs uh, on the inside who weren't fighters, like they're gone. Like just because some fighters, a ha small handful of fighters, are paying more, it doesn't mean anything. It wasn't a bidding war. Bellator didn't outbid the UFC. The, the UFC was done with those guys. They kicked them out. And sorry, but but Josh has financial interest in the ufc succeeding so you can't take anything you, most of these guys you can't take anything they say seriously about the ufc or whatever look into whether or not they're making money off of it josh is invested into a ufc gym a lot of these other guys are invested in things that are making them money if the ufc stays a monopoly they make money they're not going to tell you the truth they're, they're all salesmen because whether directly or indirectly, they're profiting off of the monopoly. So the, optimism isn't going to get you a damn thing. Ice Gold says, I'm just optimistic we get more than just you see. No, optimism does shit for you. Call your representatives. Light a fire. Support the MMAFA. Like, follow the fighters who are involved in the lawsuit. Follow the lawsuit. Support the lawsuit. Be loud. Be angry. Like, make, make something happen. Because otherwise, no, the monopoly just keeps growing. Nothing ever happens. Nothing ever changes. It only gets worse. Monopolies only make things worse. And like, man, we have a conservative Supreme Court we have a, uh, a lot of conservative power. If, if, if like conservatives hate uh, antitrust law, they hate it. <laughs> they hate it. They profit a lot off of it. I don't think uh, that's, we're just in trouble, man, <laughs> because I don't think the Democrats are much better. The, you know, the idea that the Democrats work for the working man or they care about the working man. Like, I don't know if those, 
Those days seem long, long, long gone. Long, long, long gone. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there saying that they won't. They're not profitable either. They just keep taking money from other people. <clears throat> Ice Cold says, "Do you think one of C will last?" I mean, there are reports of them, you know, doing a lot of money laundering. <laughs> those if those if Chitri, those guys would, would be in prison someday, or brought down for something. They're not profitable, you know. I mean, they have they have uh, some good uh, good opportunities, but opportunities don't really mean much, man. You have guys that haven't fought in a long time. Like, how many MMA events have they've they been putting on? And are they making money? Are they have do they have enough people to watch? Are enough people watching their events for them to make money? If they're not making money, then. Like how, how much longer can they last? How long can a company last without actually making money? That's weird. What's your, what's your evidence? You hear, you hear, you hear. So people selling you something or telling you things like what's your evidence? Uh, Antonio Esposito says, I hear that one championship is growing here in the U S and can compete with UFC. What do you think? They said UFC failed in Asia. One is growing in U S and Asia. How, where, what numbers, what's the viewership? Who's watching? Do you have solid numbers that say this, this is the viewership versus UFC viewership. Are they doing successful pay-per-views? Who's watching their pay-per-views? How much money are they making? What what's their profits? How much profits are they making? Right? They're not profitable. If they're not profitable and you can't show me viewership that shows that people are actually watching, like just because they're on TV, just because they're on places, that doesn't mean anything. Like they they scam they scam investors to invest in them so they can make, pay themselves and pay fighters as little as they 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 have to to make them fight and they just line their own pockets. Is that really competing or are they just running a scam? Are they just putting on a show to run a scam to line their own pockets? Because right now I don't see, I don't see any real growth. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're on, uh, um, they're the Friday night fights and they're on, uh, Amazon prime, but are they able to run successful? Cause that, that's my, that's my thing, man. If you can't run a successful pay-per-view in the fight game, you're not a comp, you're not a competitor. You're not a competitor. You're not anywhere close. You're not even on the board. You're not on the playing field. If you cannot run a successful pay-per-view, you're not even playing the game. You're playing pretend over there while, while, the, while the only person that's really playing is playing here. You're just talking. I hear, I hear. Where? Show me, the, show me the proof. Show me the evidence. Where are the numbers? What are the profits? What are your expenses? What are your profits? What are the eyeballs? How many view? How much viewership do you actually have? Because I don't see it. I'm not seeing it. I like one too. I don't have a problem with one. I, I like the idea of having mixed fights and different things on one card. I like it. Problem is, they're not competitive. <laughs> they're not profitable. And the reason is because they can't get the names. You need the names. You need the top names. You need the biggest names. 
You need the biggest names in MMA to, to compete with the biggest company. And they can't get them because they're all tied up. They're all tied up in the UFC. James says, is there a solution to the UFC monopoly? Hard to avoid when it's the only show in town. Well, the only reason it's the only show in town is because they own the title and exclusive contracts. If you own the title and exclusive contracts, then how does anybody else compete for the title? We need the Ali Act. That's the solution. Uh, the pressure from the lawsuit will reclaim damages and put pressure on them for injunctive relief. And hopefully we'll get some injunctive relief from the judge. But that's going to be a long process because you get injunctive relief. The UFC is going to um, appeal. That kicks the can down the road. We we They throw out the appeal. Eventually, they're going to try to push it to the Supreme Court. We're, we're talking a possible another 10 years for inductive relief. Like, what's going to happen to all these other, all these other companies? are going to go away. Somebody else will pop up. They'll say, oh, we're going to make it. We're getting all this money from so-and-so. And then they're going to fade away. We need the Ali Act. That's the answer. Ali Act, Mixed Martial Arts Fighters Association, is what has to happen. I hear you, Antonio, but again, show me the numbers. Just because they have more than just MMA, which it's a thing I like, I like about it, but they can't get the big names. Where's the profits? What are the eyeballs? How much money are they making and who's watching? How many people are watching? Can you find those numbers? If you can't even find those numbers, that's the problem. They can't do a successful pay-per-view. How are you competing? How is that, how is that com competition in any way? It's not. You're not competing. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Ice Cold says, Risen in one or two damn hard to follow in the U.S. I even have Amazon Prime, but I always miss live events. Yeah. So it's on a Friday night. And if anybody was actually competing with the U.S., or not the U.S., if anybody was actually competing with um, the UFC, the UFC would counter counter broadcast, counter promote, like they did with um, what they like they did with uh, Pride. They put on fights at the same time. That's never been done before. No one does that. No one does that in any sport. Boxing doesn't do that. They don't double up cards, right? Golden Boy doesn't doesn't uh, do their fights on the opposition nights, the big nights of the other 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 promotions. Doesn't happen with like you know, football and soccer and all these other sports, they don't, they don't cross promote. They don't, they don't not cross promote. They don't counter promote. They don't try to put on an event at the same time to take away viewership from, from competitors. It's weird, man. It's only UFC. He utilized, um, uh, free agency, man. That's what that was. Eddie, he says, uh, Ice Cold says, Eddie Alvarez is probably the smartest fighter ever. He went to each company when they were paying the most. I respect that. But he also went to who last? Right? He went to the UFC last. Went to the UFC last out of the MMA stuff. Right? So he was able to become a free agent. If he would have went to the UFC first, like they wouldn't allow, they probably wouldn't have been out of his contract and be able to get to the other promotions to be able to get that type of money that he got. <clears throat> Yep, you're you're right. 
Counter promotion. Ice Cold says UFC countered affliction with Anderson Silva versus James Irvin. All right, man. We got big fights next week. It'll be fun. Um, yeah. I'll be her. Uh, make sure you guys tune in. Make sure you guys uh, follow my Instagram, John Fitch Smash, because Instagram hates it. They hate me. They hate it. Follow the uh, the um, the Twitter, JohnFitch.net. All spelled out there on the Twitters. Do that. And uh, if you're in the San Jose area, if in the Bay Area, I've got I've got privates. I teach privates. Uh, follow the descriptions and stuff below. I got uh, fitness programs. I got my meal plan stuff, all that on the gum road. I got seminars and stuff. I got more stuff coming down the pipe. I'm offering online coaching, remote coaching, teaching my Fitch Smash program online. I'm in the beta version version right now because I'm writing things out, getting things together. Not all my videos are that great because some of my videos I had to take with students who have no experience in, um, you don't get as good of a look with the guys who don't know how to react. Sometimes you do something, they just fall over. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, you need some base. You got to get your base figured out, all right? Thanks for watching those guys. Um, thanks for watching, though, guys. Thanks thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks for the support. If you're watching on um, YouTube, make sure you're hitting the like button, right? Give me a nice like over there um make sure uh we battle the algorithms because they don't like me they none of these companies like me i still haven't figured out how to use the damn um what do you call it the uh the rumble i'm trying to figure out the rumble there's too many buttons and i can't figure this stupid thing out <laughs> But I'll try to figure that out. I'll try to maybe try to stream it from it live too and putting up some more clips and things on the Rumble. But yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you. I'll check y'all later.